look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. You know, Faisal, we get lots of questions about, um, about the CPP. Is it funded? How does it work? How much am I going to get? When should I take it? Yeah. Why I think the Canadian pension plan is giving poor returns to the pensioner, right. but the investments are doing well. Right. <laughs> and right. so we can talk about that. Okay. And to help us understand that a little bit, uh, Charles Lamam is going to join us. He's a director of fiscal studies at the Fraser Institute. Charles, uh, thank you for taking some time with us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm not sure we can do justice to the entire CPP and <laughs> structure right. and how it works in 10 minutes, but yeah. I do want to maybe get down to brass tacks pretty quick, and mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about how the Canada Pension pa- um, Payments actually work. Maybe you can shed some light on, uh, on that and uh, the issue that Fa- uh, Faisal had raised. Okay, so let's try to avoid the fact that the Canada Pension Plan is being changed in starting next year over the next seven years. So let's ignore that right. extra uh, challenge. Basically, all Canadian workers, whether you're self-employed or employed by somebody, you're, you're making payments uh, into this program, and it's money coming off of your paycheck. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you're providing all the contributions that you can, you're putting in about $5,000 each year into this program. The, the way that the benefits work is that they're calculated on how many years you've, you've contributed, how much your annual contribu- contributions are, and dep- it depends on the age that you retire at. So you can get... Uh, CPP benefits early on, but that you they come at a reduced rate, and they're supposed to replace about 25% of the average industrial wage, and so that's about $55,000 currently. So there's you know the reason for why we wrote our, our recent piece that was in the Financial Post is that there is a lot of misunderstanding about how the program works, but in particular there's a big gap in knowledge uh, between what you as an individual CPP contributor get uh, in, in retirement, like what the rate of return is on your contributions versus what the CPPIB, which is the entity that invests excess CPP contributions each year, and what they're generating in terms of returns. Those two things are very different, and oftentimes they get conflated. And I think the, the, the CEO of uh, – this uh, investment board really added to some confusion, and we tried to clarify that. Um, lots, lots to talk about. I'll, I'll leave it there and let you guys uh, guide me as to where you want to go. Well, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about then. Um, it's, so it's formula based, and I think people need to understand that. Yes. If uh, if the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board did a twenty percent rate of return, does that mean that a pensioner gets more no. money? Does it mean? You know that. How does it impact? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, so, the impact to the average Canadian then? Right. So, the basically, you're if you're someone born after 1970, uh, you're getting about two point three, two and a half percent returns uh, by the time you retire on what you've contributed over your working life. So, Charles, let's uh, just go over that really, so people yeah. can understand that people on average are putting five thousand dollars a year in Canadian pension plan. Currently, and it's and it's going up. It will yeah. continue to go up, but there's been, and there's been a, a pretty significant expansion that starts next year, right, yeah. and it goes up each year because the amount that you contribute each year is based on an average industrial wage, and that's going up. So, let's say by the time you're 
2025, you could be making well over $6,000 in annual contributions, depending on what your income level is. So the formula that you went through to explain that 2.3% rate of return was you calculated how much a person has contributed into the pension plan, and then they look at what's the growth rate that they had in that pension plan that they've on their contributions and then how much are they getting out of it is that a fair assessment to say yeah i mean it's 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 a lot more complicated but but basically what you when we're trying to determine what the annual rate of return is you're just trying to get a sense on if you put in some amount of money each and every year what do you get back in terms of that in, in terms of return and and we're calculating that for the CPP program in particular it's complicated by many factors but on average you're getting anywhere between 2.3 and 2.5% by the time you retire and so when you hear things um in the news about the CPPIB which is the uh the entity that invests excess CPP contributions getting double digit annual rates of return, 11, 12%, you're thinking, okay, well, that means that I must be getting pretty good returns on my CPP contributions. That is not the case. And that's what people get confused by a lot. How this fund does has no direct impact whatsoever on how you do as an individual Canadian. Maybe let's talk a little bit about CPPIB. This is, you know, back in, in the 1990s, CPP was not a sustainable program. You know, right. people called it a Ponzi scheme. They were worried about not having CPP benefits when they retire. So what happened was the government created uh, reforms, many of which, uh, one of which was to raise the contributions, the amount that people contribute, to about 10% of their uh, of their insurable earnings from about 5%. So a doubling of how much you had to contribute. And that generated an extra amount of money each and every year over and above what the CPP would pay out for benefits to Canadians. So let's say that your all the revenues that you get from the, the payroll tax generated, say, $10 billion, um, but then they were paying out about $8 billion each year to, to current retirees. So the extra money, the $2 billion, was being put into this entity called CPPIB, and they were tasked with investing that extra money that, that Canadians put into CPP to generate returns to help fund the program into the future. So, Charles, so, how does that how does that differ from a regular pension plan that a company does? Well, the the, the company's pension plan is going to be 100% based on their contributions. We still have a system today, and we will in the future, whereby current contributors are funding current retirees. So mm-hmm. there's still this redistribution in in a in your own private plans. The money that you set aside each and every year goes to fund your retirement when 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 you retire. But right right now in Canada, there's a combination of money coming from this fund as well as from current working Canadians. And so this this entity, CPPIB, has in recent years performed well. It has generated good returns on these contributions. Um, and that's really the, the source of the confusion. People are, are, are conflating how well uh, that fund is doing with how well they will do individually through the CPP. And it's giving rise to, you know, factually incorrect statements about the CPP providing a great deal to Canadians. It's actually not a very strong investment for, for, for virtually anybody because you can do much better than between 2.3-2.5% investing that five, $6,000 each year in a different investment vehicle. And 
not only is the rate that you get low, but there's a whole set of restrictions around the CPP. Correct. Unlike the, unlike your private, say your RSP, if you ever if you're a young person, you're contributing to to your RSP, you can pull out up to twenty five thousand dollars to help uh, fund a, a down payment on your first home, which is you know very nice if you're a young person in in one of these high priced housing markets in Canada. You don't have that option. You can't pull out your CPP money. You can't pass it on fully if you die early. If you're if you're if you end up dying when you're relatively young. You, you you virtually lose all the money that you've contributed um, to the CPP over many years, and there's just there's no there's no ability to pull out any money for any emergency that that uh, that you may need the money for if you lose your job. Yeah. So there's a lot of restrictions around the CPP beyond the simple fact that it, it's not giving individual Canadians a very high rate of return. So Charles, we've got about less than thirty seconds to go. Would it yep. be um, in the Fraser Institute's recommendation to tell the government to stop? increasing the contributions and use this excess returns that the investment board is to to help fund the pension plan or should they do something different because if they're making good returns and i'm still paying into the cpp to cover existing uh pensioners requirements why not just use the money that we've made in the board to pay off the uh to pay these pensioners so that i don't have to put so much out of my paycheck or to reduce the contribution rate, correct? But it's not—it's not that easy, right? So, in order for CPP to just to sustain itself, like this this entire program, the the investment board needs to generate a, a rate of return of four percent, just to sustain the program. Fortunately, they're doing better than that. But just to make the program sustainable, they have to do 4%, which is very interesting when you think about it. The investment board generates has to generate at least 4%, but you as an individual Canadian get gets between 2 you know, two and 2.5%. Two and it's very perverse, and I don't think anybody would sign up for a, to, to a fund whereby the fund is doing uh, almost double uh, what the individual is doing. So there's, so my 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 point in in, in writing about this, and we've written a, a, and done a ton of research on it, is really just to explain to Canadians it's a very complicated subject. There's a lot of misperception and misunderstanding, and and right now it's all it's made all the more important because this program that we have is being expanded. So starting next year, there's going to be more money being put, you know, taken off your paycheck to to be put into CPP, and that will gradually occur up until 2025. So we're going to be putting more money into this program. It's we know that it's not generating uh, strong returns, and that means necessarily that Canadians are going to save less in their private uh, modes. They're not going to. I mean, they're just not going to have the extra money to to continue doing the same uh, before uh, as they did before the, 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 the expansion happens. And we're going to lose out now on a lot of the choice and flexibility that we have in these private modes, whether it's RSPs, TFSAs, as more money goes into a program that's not really generating great returns for, uh, for Canadians. We've got to leave it there, Charles. Thank you very much for your insights today. Great. Thanks a lot. Been joined by Charles Lamam, Director of Fiscal Studies at the Fraser Institute. Yeah, because you're building your own pension when you transition to yep. retirement. When you're living in retirement, you're living off that pension, all that savings of money that you've had over the years. We're going to talk about the biggest risks about that and how do you receive the income for life. And Faisal, we're going to do all of that on a, at our upcoming seminar on Tuesday, July the 24th. 7 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine Spirits Beer. Give us a call to register for your Cedar Seats. You need to reach us at 966-8400. That's 403-966-8400. Or go to pkag.ca and you can register online. Stick around after the break. We'll talk about an interesting way of looking at your cash flow in retirement with the author of the Cash Flow Cookbook. 
You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.